Hello, welcome to NC Asian American Ministries podcast. My name is Sammy Ju, your host. We've been going through the series called The Disciple. Now, it is not enough to become a Christian. Of, of course, Christians are disciples, but many people think that Christians are the ones who are come, coming to the church on Sunday and listening to the sermon and studying some Bibles. However, the Christian, the true Christians are the disciples. Who are the disciples? Disciples, disciples are the ones who truly believe in Jesus Christ and who follow Jesus through total obedience and surrender to him. Now, last week, we studied about uh, the disciples are the Great Commission uh, disciples, meaning that according to Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20, it says the one, two, three strategy of Jesus, one command, which is to make disciple, and two promises, which is that God, Jesus gives us the authority and he will be with us forever. And then three things that we need to do is first, we need to go, and second, we need to baptize, and third, we need to teach everything that he has commanded us to do. So these are the things that disciples do. Now, the sec as a second series, second one, today, I want us to look at disciples who are the disciples? Disciples are the ones who prepare for the last day. Now, we live in the last day already. As Jesus came for the first time, since then, since he came, the kingdom of God is here, and we are experiencing, we are in the last day. However, the last day will be finished uh, as Jesus comes back here as the judge. And he is not coming back as the savior this time, but he will come back here as the judge so that those who believe in Jesus Christ will be resurrected and they'll be with Christ Jesus. But those who are not believing in Jesus Christ, they will be put into the eternal, eternal punishment, which is hell. So we must, as disciples, we must prepare for the last day that Jesus is coming. Now, when it comes to last day or doomsday, what do people do? There are three things they do mostly. First, they are afraid. They are fearful and they have, they are gripped with fear. And the second, they tend to hate one another even more. And thirdly, they, they tend to isolate themselves more. And that's something that we see these days, right? We see uh, more of fear uh, being aroused among the people because of virus and because of all the uh, uncertainty for the future. But also we see the people are more hating each other and then we see more divisions uh, all around the world. And then because of that, we see the isolation happens more. So people becoming more uh, selfish and they trying to protect themselves whereas they're trying to uh, push others away from their life. However, the Great Commission disciples, the true disciples live completely opposite. Instead of fear, they have hope in the Lord. And instead of hate, they love more. And instead of isolation, they meet more. So the disciples, the true disciples, as the last day approaches, they do three things more. They hope more, and they love more, and they meet more. And we can see in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24, uh, 23 through 25. So let's look at today's passage. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another as untoward good love and good deeds, 
not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. This is God's word. As you can see in the verse 25, the last part, it says, all the more as you see the day approaching. So you can see that this is showing the timeline that as the day, what, what, that, what is that day? The day of Jesus coming back. His return. And as we wait for Jesus' return, these are the three things that we need to do more. So look at verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. So the first thing that we need to do more is to hope more. But hope for what? It says hope for what reason? It says for he who promised is faithful. Now, what does that mean? That God who promised, of course, God gives us promise. He is faithful. And because of that reason, we need to hope. We need to hold on to our hope we professed. Now, when you, when you decided to become Jesus Christ, you made a profession. And what is that profession? It is about Jesus' death and resurrection. And you live your life for Jesus Christ. For the rest of your life so that is your profession and there is the hope in it you know jesus did not only die but he was reasoned from the dead so the hope includes the resurrection of ourselves as well because we are in christ jesus we died with him and we rose with him and that is the that was shown through the baptism as in romans chapter 6 4 but this is not just the the uh, figurative speech but this is the reality that we will be resurrected with christ jesus so that is the hope that we have so no matter what situation we are in we still can be hope not because we are hopeful not because we have a, lots of money not because we have, we have a great educational background but because of who god is now god is same god is faithful what does that mean for him to be faithful it means that he is same yesterday today forever he was the god of moses many many thousand years ago but also god he is god of us god of me that he is my god and he is still the same lamentation 3 23 beautifully portrays how faithful he is that his his grace his mercy his kindness are amazing it is new every morning and great is thy faithfulness now isn't that ironic that god is the same and his blessing is new every morning. So even though he is same all the time, doesn't mean that he is boring, but his blessing is always new. So we can experience newness of God and he is the faithfulness of God in a new way each day. So that is the great combination of newness and faithfulness. But, G but that passage clearly tells us that God is faithful. What he promises, he always fulfills it. He will never leave any of those promises he made unfulfilled. Even if it's a one promise, he will always keep it. So this, this is how who he is. He is faithful so that we can trust in him. However, we don't really have a hope these days. Why? Because we see uncertainty of future. The politicians, can you truly trust the politicians? I mean, they say a great words. You know, they can come up with their own Bible, so full of promises. But we know that after four years or five years, it will be changed again, 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 again. 
So we cannot we cannot tr truly trust the politicians. What about your boss? Even if your boss is really good to you right now, but if there is a change in your boss, there will be a restructure in your company, and everything will be changed. So whatever you uh, did in the past or whatever you accomplished, it may not exist in the future when the new boss comes. So that is something that we all we all experience in these days. So that there's no hope. Because there's uncertainty, our boss or our politicians or even our parents, our friends, they're not faithful. They are weak, right? They're just like us. They can change anytime. They can turn, turn their back on us anytime. So we cannot trust them. And because of that, there is no hope in us. However, there is the true hope. Why? Because God is faithful and he never changes. So let this truth be synced in your heart so that you will not lose your hope. Please do not lose your hope. Even if you are in a hopeless situation, God is there with you. Just like he was in the storm, in the middle of storm when the disciples lost their hope because they thought that they're going to die at any time soon. But Jesus was there and Jesus calmed the ocean. And that is the hope that we have. God is faithful. He never changes. His blessing is new each morning. And because of that, we have hope. So instead of fear, we will, we, uh, the true disciples have hope more. Okay. Now the second one is verse 24. Let us consider how we may support one another untoward love and good deeds. So the second thing the disciples do as the day, last day approaches is to love more, to love more. Now it says how we may spur one another, right? We are we're encouraging one another untoward love and good deeds. So we need to do, we need to love and to do to do good deeds more as Jesus is coming back. Now fearful people they cannot love one another, right? They cannot serve one another. They cannot do good works because they are great with. Fear, and they will try to kill each other. They will try to uh, hate each other even more. Now, I, you know, when when the pandemic started last year, 2020, in March, I still remember when I whenever I went to a grocery store to get the toilet paper. There was no toilet paper. It was like a toilet paper war. Okay, people were standing in line to get it, or they had to wake up like a 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. to stand in front of gro a grocery gate so that they can get that toilet paper. What about the other people? Only 1% could get, 99% of people could not get the toilet paper. And I was one of those 99%. So I had to survive with a one or two scroll, scroll of toilet paper for one whole month. And that is very uh, disgusting time. However, that is just showing how fearful world that we live. Right? Instead of loving one another, instead of sharing toilet paper with other people, we kind of you know, hold it to ourselves and we're not sharing it and we're not loving other people because I have to survive. I have to live myself. So that's another way of killing other people that by surviving, you have to kill someone else. It is like an evolutionary uh, world that only strong species survive. What about the weaker species? They will die. They will disappear. So only the top one, only the A plus ones, A, um, the B plus and the C plus, they're mediocre and they cannot survive in the society. So that is how we see in the media, and that is how brutal the world uh, that we live is.
Now, what about the pass fail? It's the same thing. Even if there is no A plus or uh, F, but people who are uh, passing the line, they would be they will pass. But what about the other people who fail? They will be they will be disappeared. So in the society, we see we have this kind of pressure, especially like going into university. You know, some people will pass it, some people will fail it. Even if there is no the rank, still there is a death and life in that way. So that is the dog, dog eat dog world out there, and there's no love there. However, the true disciples are the opposite. We the the as the day approaches, what we need to do is to love even more. Serve even more. That's what we need to do. Instead of hating one another, instead of killing one another, we need to go and pray for them. We need to serve them even more. Now, how can we love one another? There are two things, two ways that we can love others. First is through sharing the love of Christ Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Last week, I studied. I shared about the Great Commission. The disciples need to go and baptize, but. To baptize, you need to share the gospel. If if that person comes to Jesus Christ, then you baptize that person, right? So that's how you love one another. Why why sharing the gospel is loving one another? Is isn't it kind of offensing? Uh, if, isn't it kind of offensive to other people, to other religion? Well, let me tell you about why gospel sharing is loving. Because gospel is the good news, and if you are not sharing the good news, you are not loving. If you're truly loving, you need to share the good news. Why is it good news? Because Jesus Christ died for your sin. He rose from the dead to give you eternal life. The all the solution, all the answer is in Christ Jesus. It's in the gospel of Christ Jesus. We got to share that. If we don't share that, people will just go and die without knowing it, and they're 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 going to be punished forever. Do you want that to happen to them? So the first thing that we need to do to love others is through sharing the gospel with no apology. Okay, we need to do that. Second, we need to meet the needs. You're not just talking about the gospel, but you need to live it out. How through loving that person, through serving that person, Jesus came to serve us, not to be served. How did he serve? He healed the sick, and he uh, he uh, he raised the dead, and he cast out demons. Out of people who are in desperation, and then he um, he washed the feet of the disciples. That's that was the unthinkable thing at that time for the master or teacher washing the foot of disciple. But Jesus did that because he truly loved us, loved them. So that's something that we need to do as well. We need to go to the uh, most darkest place and help them and meet their needs. Uh, spiritual needs for sure, but also physical needs as well. So sharing the gospel and meeting their needs—that's how we need to. Uh, that's how we can love others, and we need to do this more as Jesus is coming back. Instead of pushing, pushing out, pushing others away or ha- hating them, we need to do. We need to share and love others, serve others more and more. And last, last thing that we need to do as disciples, as Jesus is coming back, is to meet more. Let's look at verse twenty-five. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. It says, "Not giving up meeting together." Okay, so we can see even. To two thousand years ago, there was a social distancing. There are some people who did not want to meet together in the in the church. You know, I don't know why. You know, there could be some the personal reasons that uh, uh, oh, 
I don't like that person or I like that person. So because of that person is there, I'm not going to go to the church uh, worship service. So there could be many different reasons. And we see it so many times these days because of pandemic. You know, there are many churches and many people have been meeting virtually um, through Zoom or Facebook Live and, you know, all those things, YouTube Live. I mean, that's good. It's definitely a good alternative. However, the church, no matter what the situation, the church needs to church needs to meet together. That's what the church is, right? Church is not a one person. Church is not a building. But in if it's a building, you need to have a people meeting in the building. And that people who are meeting for worshiping the Lord and loving one another, that's the church. Okay, church by definition is the meeting of people. It's a fellowship. It's a worship of God's people. So people, not just the one person, but at least the two people should be there. So, you know, in this time of difficulties, uncertainty and hating for one another, it is very easy for us to isolate ourselves because we don't trust other people, right? We don't know what our neighbor can do for me, do to me um, in the middle of night. So we don't trust, right? However, in the church, by definition, we are the people of God. We were coming from all different backgrounds. Yes, that's true. However, in Christ Jesus, we became a body of Christ Jesus. We became the members to one another. That means we must trust one another and we must love one another. But how does that happen? Through meeting together. Without meeting, you're not you cannot love that person. Without meeting, you cannot truly trust that person, right? So we need to meet together. Now, what about the virtual worship service? Now we have some people who are joining us through Zoom. Well, Zoom, I think the Zoom meeting is a little much better because at least there's an interaction. There is a accountability. And for our church, we have a Microsoft church meeting in different place that there are meeting in person with their people together. So that is a um, truly the meeting of the, actually, that's the physical meeting is taking place. However, like a YouTube live or Facebook live, some people are just watching this worship service in their home with eating popcorns, just like watching movie. And there's no interaction. There's no fellowship. There's no accountability. And there's no way for the church to know you, know how you are doing spiritually, how they can help you and how you can help them. If there's nothing like that, you are not doing well. That is not the church. You are just speculating. Uh, rather than participating in worship together. And that is not how you prepare yourself for the Lord's coming. As Jesus is coming back, instead of isolating yourself, instead of being in your closet, praying by yourself, you need to go more. You need to meet more with the brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus so that you can truly uh, sharpen yourself through uh, studying God's word and obeying God's word together so that you can love one another through meeting together. You can love more, which is the second point that I mentioned to you. And also you can have a hope in God together more. Sometimes, you know, living as a Christian life is very difficult and you might lose your hope, right? You need somebody else to come alongside with you and then they can tell you, hey, we're praying for you, but we're not just praying for you, we're here with you. So please, let's share this burden together because God who is our Lord, the Jesus Christ who is the head of this church is with us so that, you know, because of Him, we trust in Him, we hope in Him. You need somebody who can come and share this with you time to time so that we can encourage one another for more hope, for uh, more love through 
meeting more. So these are the three things that we need to do as disciples. Again, as Jesus is coming back, we need to do do the, uh, we need to do three things. First, hope more. Second, love more. And third, meet more. This is how we must do it right now as Jesus is returning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for this wonderful message. Father, we are living in this world where lots of fear is is there. And then also we see that people are hating each other. And then we see people are isolating themselves even more. But Father, please help us to be countercultural that instead of a fear, let us have hope in you because you are faithful. And let instead of hate, let us love one another more because you are loving. And the love is the proof, proof of being your disciples. So Father, please help us to love as you loved us. And lastly, Father, instead instead of isolation, Father, please help us to meet more, even in this difficult time, so that we will truly spur one another. We will truly encourage one another for your kingdom. No matter what situation that comes through, we will not be lonely because you are always with us, but our brothers and sisters are together with us so that we will not feel lonely at all. Father, please help us and guide us to love you and to hope you hope in you more. We thank you, praise you, in Jesus' holy name, I pray. Amen.